The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. In today's episode, we want to talk about digitization and digitalization and how that impacts and works with AI. So as many of you guys know by now, Ron and I are analysts with Cognolytica, which is an AI-focused research firm. And we regularly have calls with our clients to talk about various pain points for them, AI projects, how they can move forward with various things. And we also talk about our reports as well. So one of the calls with our clients, they talked about digitization and how they want to start digitizing formats or forms and papers, things like that. And so we thought it was important to talk about this, dig a little bit deeper. And so we wanted to spend a podcast today talking about this as well, because I think that many of our listeners may have these pain points and more people than we think are having it. Uh Nowadays with COVID and with a lot of people working from home, I think that there's been some issues with trying to get this paperless office, this dream of the paperless office where people had this dream and it was painful in theory, but now it's actually painful in practice that they don't have it. So Ron and I spent some time digging deeper into this subject. We actually have a report out on it as well. And we encourage all of our subscribing clients to download the report. And if anybody else would like a copy of it, we'll link to it in the show notes. But we wanted to talk about digitization and how that fits into the whole landscape of AI. Mm -hmm. Of course, we'll explain a little bit as to what is digitization and this other term, digitalization, which people may be familiar with, may not be familiar with, and maybe they think they are the same. They're just synonyms. They mean the same thing. But let's first talk about, well, why are we even talking about this? You know, we were a little, not that we were surprised, you know, when the customers and clients talk to us about their various needs, sometimes they relate directly to AI. They talk to us about machine learning and they talk about it to us about the seven patterns and all the various things that we can do with AI and machine learning. But sometimes they talk a lot about data and data preparation and getting data into the right place and just in general about data. And this conversation about digitization is very much a conversation about data. You know, at a first glance, you might think that things like, you know, scanning documents or, you know, encoding processes or doing things like OCR, which we'll explain a little bit, have nothing to do with AI. I mean, like, wait, what is this taking an image of a document and extracting text or doing whatever? Why does this have anything to do with AI? And certainly there's been a lot of digitization projects that have nothing to do with AI. And that is absolutely true. These things are not one and the same thing. They're not part of the same activity. But for better or for worse, we cannot accomplish any of our goals of artificial intelligence, You know, whether we're trying to do recognition or pattern matching or predictive analytics or any of the patterns that we talk a lot about in all of our podcasts without first having documents and information that computers can process. If it's not in digits, which are zeros and ones, <laughs> if they're not in bits and bytes sitting on a hard drive or some storage format somewhere, a computer can't do anything with it. And as a result, digitization, like many of the other things that are required for preparing and handling data, is a critical part of making AI work. Exactly. So, you know, just to give quick definition so we're all on the same page with this, digitization just, you know, at its fundamental level focuses on the capturing and extraction of value from non-digital data by converting it into a usable digital state. And then digitalization, which is different, expands upon this 
And it's addressing those human bound processes that haven't previously, they have been dependent on that non-digital information. So digitization and digitalization are necessary in order for different organizations to achieve this longer lasting digital transformation. And I'm sure that you guys have heard of that term before. Digital transformation is really just having organizations seek the greatest efficiency and effectiveness from all their digital assets. Right. So we're going to spend some time talking about this because as you can imagine, I mean, many industries are burdened with paper and human processes, but some of them have been able to move forward on their journey with digitization and digitalization. So we're going to spend some time talking about how they've done that, which industries are doing that, and then how you can think to apply this to your agency or company as well. Yeah. So digging a little bit into digitization and a little bit of sort of like kind of the challenges and kind of where we are with it. Digitization is fundamentally the idea, as Kathleen mentioned, about transforming non-digital content into a form that computers can process. It's literally turning things that are not digits into digits. Like, and digits, mm-hmm. of course, is something that computers can understand. Computers can't understand handwriting. They can't understand images. They can't understand text on a piece of paper. They can't understand any of that stuff. So you have to do what's also called digital capture. People also use the term digital capture, document capture, image capture, form capture, whatever it is, the word capture is about taking this non-digital information, which can be images, it could be text, it could be audio, it could be video, it could be any of a number of things, you know, surveys, turning all those things and putting them into an electronic form, right? And that is the exactly. the fundamental idea of digitization. And you can think of it sort of like we want documents and information content to be digital first, you know? So the goal is taking paper and other non-computable, non-computer understandable documents and transforming them into a format that computers can process. But that's not all that's embodied in this digitization step, if you want to think of it that way. Because also simply taking, say, a document and taking an image of it and converting it and say into a PDF, well, that doesn't actually make it that processable either. It's just like, yes, it's in bytes, but a computer just still sees a big blob of information. We need to do a little bit more to extract more value from it. And that's either sort of higher levels, more advanced forms of digitization. And that moves us also into this idea of digitalization. And let's talk a little bit about digitalization. Yeah. So digitalization is where we're transforming human-based and document-bound processes into systems that can be computer-operated. So, you know, a lot of people talk about digital-first processes and systems, where before with digitization, we were having digital-first documents. Now we're taking this one step farther and we're having digital-first processes and systems. The goal of digitalization is to extract more value from existing digital format information with additional processes, while also transforming human-based processes into computer-operated ones. So now we're talking about digitalizing processes, not just Mm -hmm. taking something from non-digital format and converting. Mm-hmm. A good way to sort of think about the sort of digit versus digital, because that's the thing that's sort of the only difference between digitization and digitalization, is physically we're creating digits. We're creating bits. You know, we're, we have zero bits, and now we have bits, right? <laughs> that's what we're doing with digitization. <laughs> With digitalization, it's sort of like we have a non-digital process. Like we have a processor like, what does Pam and Jim do? Well, Pam and Jim, like they open up a file and they have a conversation and they send a message and they do this and they ask each other and they have conversations. That's the non-digital way of doing things. That's nothing to do with digits. It has to do with like the way of doing things. You're either doing it in a digital way or in a non-digital way. So the idea with digitalization is to take things which are being done in a non-digital way 
and transform them and change them to be done in a digital way. So that's why we use the word digital, because you can't say I'm doing it in a digit way. That doesn't, that actually doesn't make any sense. It's not real English to say that. We could say we have documents that aren't digits and we can turn them into digits. And then we say we have things that we do that are not digital and we make them digital. Hopefully that makes it a little more <laughs> easier to understand why we're using those terms. The thing about digitalization is that it requires us to do more than just take an image of a document, and make it a PDF. <laughs> Clearly it's sort of like, right. yeah. because, you know, Pam and Jim basically still have to go through what difference do they make between going through a stack of of a thousand papers and going through a stack of a thousand PDFs. You have to change something else. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I got it as a PDF check, but I need to do something else. That's where we introduce these digital processes. And a lot of times, this is where the sort of the business impact of doing stuff with document, this is where it's really changed because now you can have a system that automatically processes those documents. Okay, this is where we're starting to get into a little higher value here, the automatic processing of information. And we can start with some of the things that we may consider as part of the digital step, which is basically getting things into PDF is important, but I want to extract some value. This is, brings up the idea of OCR and document processing. So let's talk a little bit about what OCR is, and then we can talk a little about some of the other things that we're doing with this more advanced form of digitization. So OCR is also called optical character recognition. This has been around for decades, and we've talked about this in podcasts in the past, in case any of you have been longtime listeners. Basically, OCR is analyzing images and documents and then converting those to text letters in a machine-readable text format. There's been some issue with traditional OCR in the past where it's not able to identify certain things like images and charts. And so I think we talked about this. Mm -hmm. It's been about a year and a half, I think, at this point that Amazon announced their Textract, which they call OCR++, where it's now able to extract that value from data or from charts and things like that, take away some of those pain points where it's really helping to do that data capture. But this is, you know, at a fundamental level, what OCR does. Think about it as if you have, you know, a handwritten check, for example, and it's able to extract information from there. Mm -hmm. There's some other things that we could do here. So, so this is now where we can start introducing actually some aspects of AI. The funny thing is we can actually start using AI here. Obviously, we're trying to get this data. The reason why we're doing digitization and digitalization is to get data into a format where we can use it for AI. But interestingly enough, we can actually apply AI here to help us make our data better, <laughs> right? And so we have a couple of other related ideas to OCR. There's this idea of ICR. That's basically intelligent character recognition. So this is where you can handle some things that are not necessarily, you know, text letters. So it could be handwriting, hand marks, check marks, cross cuts, free form, you know, identification fields. Like if you're filling out a survey, you may be circling things, you may be checking things, you may be Xing things. Well, you can't skip that. Because if you try to scan in the survey and you skip the fact that they circled the number three when they asked you on a scale of one to ten what you think, you actually missed a critical piece of information there, don't you think? <laughs> so, right. And then now you have all these paper documents that are not digital. So you need to do ICR. And it's also related to this idea of OMR, optical mark recognition, which is related to this idea. So it's like, you know, meaningful text. So that also can include checkboxes, but also bubbles. So like when you're like filling your, like, you know, when you're doing a, your standardized Scantron. test. Yeah, Scantron yeah. test or ballots, you're on a balloting system. The system has to recognize that those bubbles, not just, you know, you're not like scanning in bubbles. You're just, it's, there's a meaningfulness to that mark and it has to know that, that there's an indicator there and it means something. So automate, this is how you do automated grading for exams or surveys, election balance, that sort of stuff. And of course, there's the idea of, of course, barcode recognition. Barcodes are not meant for human <laughs> consumption. When a human looks <laughs> no. at a barcode, 
We can't make any sense of that, but machines can. So this is part of the more advanced digitization. When you start looking at the marks and the tech marks and that sort of stuff, some of these things you can use machine learning for, like the, especially for some of the marks and handwriting, but some of these things you don't need machine learning for, the barcodes and the other sort of stuff. So this really helps in terms of making digitization stronger and, of course, making it more useful for that. But we can also digitize other things, right? We can digitize not documents. We can digitize audio and video and all sorts of other kinds of documents and do the same sort of extraction with our technology and our tools to make that work. Exactly. And for certain industries, you know, if you're heavy in audio files, then that's something that's very important. Mm -hmm. So let's now move us up a level here. So now let's say, okay, great. Now we have systems that can basically take these forms, these surveys, these whatever documents, these videos, these audios, and we can get them into digital format. And now we can apply some advanced techniques to extract more value from them. Well, does that actually change what we do? Well, in order for it to change the process, as I mentioned, if you don't want to have to spend your time going through a thousand PDF files, right? You need to do some, you need to basically change the process. We've talked a lot about this, but the idea of process intelligence and process automation and process digitalization actually fits in now to this picture of digitization and digitalization, which is why many times you'll find that you have a digitization project is paired with a process automation project. So we'll talk about this again, a little bit about process automation, what it is, and how this helps with the whole digitalization thing. Right. You know, because as Ron mentioned, one way that you want to handle this movement of paper, human-based processes is to start automating them. So we've talked about this before, you know, this idea, like he said, process automation. Well, one way that people are doing this is with robotic process automation, RPA. And we've talked about this a lot in many podcasts, in research that we've written, in articles as well. But RPA, fundamentally at its core, we say that it's not AI. It's about automating processes. But this is where it shines. You know, this is what it's meant to do, where it's replacing those repetitive automated tasks. At this level, there is no AI, but it's really moving forward with at its core, it's meant to do. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many projects we've seen. I would say probably hundreds, maybe even thousands, but I know that we've definitely seen hundreds where you look at what the process is doing. Like, hey, this is an RPA process. And one of the things that we're doing at Cognolytica is we're documenting many of these cases. We're building an AI case repository. And honestly, a lot of the AI case repository, it's not really AI. A lot of it is RPA, but we say it's like on the path. Okay, so let's fine. Let's just say it's the seven plus one patterns and the plus one is the automation pattern. So when we look at it and you look at, well, what is this RPA system doing? And you look at it and you're like thinking, you're like kind of almost smack yourself in the head and be like, so it's like opening up an email. It's taking a look at the attachment. It's downloading the attachment. It's cutting and pasting fields from the attachment or scanning it or doing whatever. And then it's putting it into a system like a employee system or a payment system or whatever system. And that's all it's doing. You're like, wow, this looks, I mean, I don't want to say it's dumb, but like, really, all it's doing is, is opening up email files, looking at documents, cutting and pasting and putting into systems. And they're like, yeah, but can you believe that these 10 people who are sitting here spend all their day doing that? That's all they're doing. <laughs> they're, they're literally opening up emails, downloading the documents, opening up the documents and putting them into, it could be a health management system. It could be a payment system. And you know what? If you think about it, that makes sense. I, you know, one of the things we do at Cognitive, we send invoices to people. Those invoices are PDF documents. There is somebody sitting on the other end who's actually going to open up the email with our invoice. They're going to download the PDF and they're going to enter it into their payment system. I'm thinking to myself, that should be a robot, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's possible. You know, I mean, because possible. one, that's mind numbing. And two, I mean, this can save hours of work. You know, that's not somebody... That 
that might not be somebody's core job to do that. And it's how long does it take to open these emails, download the PDF, and then enter the data entry? And you can have issues. I mean, Ron and I have run into issues where people accidentally type in the wrong number. And then it's a big process, you know, like with this one accidental error, it's a big process to try and now go get this resolved. Yeah. And the thing about this is this, I think, hones in on the word digitalization. We have a non-digital process here. Somebody's doing something physically. And, and the funny thing is, it's like it doesn't even involve the digitization of the document. The PDF is already in a digital form. But the computer, mm-hmm. it's like the computer can't really do anything with it. All I did is I just emailed it. And now it's just sitting in an inbox. That's not that useful, right? So we need to take this next step. So when people are thinking about digitalization of their processes, they think, well, what are humans doing to handle the electronic documents that are being passed around? And you can look at those processes and say, well, why are humans handling documents that are already in a computer format? Can't the computer automatically do that? And the answer is actually generally yes. A computer can do those things and a computer should do those things. And even though this stuff is like low level, like not machine learning, very, very light on all that, this is where things start to see some real value. And I think when we talk about some of the industry examples coming up right now, we could talk about how this is really changing many of the industries. And it's already changed many of the industries that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. So maybe we could start talking a little bit about how digitalization and digitization has changed both the industry, the mortgage industry to begin with. Yeah. You know, so as Ron and I were digging into this report, we said, you know, and just this topic in general, when our client came to us, we said, well, there's a lot of industries that are notoriously very paper and human process heavy. So those are mortgage industries, insurance, finance, healthcare, just to name a few. And we're like, how are some of those organizations and those industries doing it? So we want to spend a little bit of time talking about just a few industries and how they've done it. Because if they can do it, you can do it too. And you know, how did they go about doing it? Because we always find that people want to know, this is great, but I really need you to hold my hand, help me walk through this process and show me how others have done it too. That's one recurring theme that we constantly get because they don't want to make the same mistakes and have to relearn things that are already out there, already best practices, but they're not really sure where to begin. And that's why a lot of times people turn to us where they're like, I know you guys know what you're doing, but we just need a little... And you know, we're really good at our industry. We're really good at what we do too but we need your help to move this forward in this direction. So we took a look at a few different industries and we'll talk about a few of them here. If you want to go more in depth, then we encourage you to get a copy of the report. But as Ron said, we looked at the mortgage industry and we said, wow, you know, the mortgage industry has a lot of paper and human bound processes, but they've started to become more digital and more digitized. And how did they go about doing that? And what have they done? So we looked at a report and it said that It's the cost, just the net cost of a residential mortgage has increased four times from a decade ago just because of all the processes that are involved. But some companies really are being digital first. And so for those companies, what have they done? Well, they're starting to move away from these manual processes because that helps reduce processing time, it reduces costs, and it can also start creating more predictable experiences. And when you have that, you can really start transforming the way that you're doing things. Yeah, I mean, so the mortgages, for example, of course, as you know, we've moved away from paper documents. So when you're closing a loan, we've used electronic signatures. So we got things like DocuSign and other electronic signature technologies. So you don't need to be physically there. It captures the signature automatically. These systems can also double and triple check the information, make sure there's consistencies. You fill that information in one form. Is it consistent with another form? And it can do these things automatically through the power of OCR and all these other things, you know, the documents and checking and, and machine learning actually now is being in 
introduced, you know, to make sure that like, mm-hmm. you know, when you put in your name or did you use initials, you can check that sort of thing, right? You know, the great thing. Exactly. Is, yeah. It's like moved away. We've moved away from paper forms of all sorts. We've moved to e-closing. And that, of course, has shrunk the closing time. That means it's reduced the cost. It's increased the mm-hmm. accuracy. And now we have all these additional regulatory requirements. So you got to do documentation. You have to check this. You have to make sure that if they've applied for loans before, and you got to check whether they have flood insurance. There's like so much. Exactly. <laughs> that has to be done. You know, and as Ron mentioned too, the systems can now automatically do double and triple checks. Well, if you've ever gone through this process, most people don't do this often. So it's a little nerve wracking for them. They want to make sure that they have everything in place. There's a lot normally going on when you're getting a mortgage, you know, you're moving, different things need to get resolved. So the system can now automatically double check that every single field that needed a signature or an initial is there. That in and of itself can be very powerful because forms can't be submitted unless you have all of those lines signed and boxes checked. And for a human to go through and do it, our brains don't process quite like computers. And so we can easily skip things. And accidentally missing one box can have pretty catastrophic consequences. So the systems are able to go ahead and do this. Computers can do this very fast. And then also now in today's world, these mortgage lenders have really been able to not Top what they're doing and still be able to move forward in a socially distanced and remote world. That can be powerful. You know, companies that have not done this are really far behind and sometimes so far behind they may not catch up. Yeah. And that's another reason why this is important. It's like lessons learned. So let's learn now so that next time something happens, we're ready. If we have another catastrophic event, if we just have a real shift in society with how we do things, make sure that you're prepared to move forward. Another industry that is digitizing is insurance. And I mean, that's also another industry that's really been heavy with people and paper processes. Insurance companies can receive millions of documents each year in paper format, and then they need to manage and send out almost that same amount. We found a stat that one insurance company had like 3 million files, millions of archived paper documents from over the years, which is just insane. But they have to keep that. So now insurers are really able to just digitally capture documents and they're becoming digital first, which is helping save a lot of time, manual processes. And now humans are not actually handling these paper processes and paper documents. They're starting with the digital documents. Mm-hmm. So that can be powerful. Yeah, and this is really a competitive advantage. I mean, if you're an insurer and you're still doing things the manual way and you're basically doing everything like, you know, sending insurance quotes and policies and proposals and billing and statements and claims, you have to handle claims. So people have to submit receipts. They have to submit photos. They got to do all these sorts of I mean, you think about it, it's actually a crazy the amount of insurance. If you're, if you're filing an insurance claim in and of itself, it like is reams of paperwork. They got to save all that stuff. You have to make sure that you have your policies are in alignment and the renewals and all this sort of stuff. You know, so if you were doing things in paper and you're using human processes, you are at a strategic competitive disadvantage. Other companies can come in and literally outcompete you by basically lowering their costs. By having lower costs, they can lower their prices. That means that they can outprice you. They can be faster than you. They can be more accurate than you. So this is actually no longer an option. And in one study, survey, 57% of insurers already have a high degree of digitalization. That's a whole industry. 57% are already highly digitized. 
and 84% are trying to increase digitization over the next three Mm -hmm. years. So basically competitive, competitive advantage and incredibly important. So we'll talk a few more industries and then we'll kind of wrap things up and sort of talk about how this all plays into the AI picture. We could talk a little about healthcare because finance, insurance, healthcare, and of course the government, these are industries that and organizations and parts of the economy that just have huge amounts of paper and huge processes, (laughs) yes, right? Yes. I mean, healthcare is a trillion dollar industry. And you also have to think when we talked about these industries, we wanted to pick industries that were also very wide ranging too, so that people in other countries and different cultures that they still understand this, you know, healthcare may be slightly different in each country, but overall, the general concept of it is the same. And I think that many of the pain points are the same. The healthcare industry is just awash in documents, human-based processes of all different sorts. You know, you have to document patient care. You have electronic patient records. There's billing and insurance information, medical imaging, lab results, clinical trial data. I mean, regulatory filings. We could just go on and on about the different types of filings and paper and human-based processes that the healthcare industry has. Yeah. And so we're all trying to, especially here in the United States, we're trying to deal with the cost of healthcare, right? And the cost of healthcare comes into the high cost of healthcare comes from many places. It comes from just equipment costs money, certain activities for healthcare to cost money, but also just like, yeah, all this stuff costs money, right? So while it may be hard to reduce the cost of like surgery or the cost of a hip implant or the cost of a pharmaceutical drug, the one thing you can control is the cost of healthcare operations. And that is like the cost of running and managing a healthcare operations. A lot of it, the cost has to do with managing people and documents. So this is the same story. It doesn't matter. It's like the same story we've been talking about for the last 25 minutes about digitization and digitalization. And, you know, some stats, for example, 73% of the providers within the medical billing industry said it takes over 30 days to collect from patients. And part of it is because of the traditional billing process. You know, 68% of patients say they would prefer to pay a balance with an electronic payment. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny how many hospitals don't even allow that. Or so it's like kind of funny. Actually, while we talked about the insurance industry is already heavily digitized, the mortgage industry is already heavily digitized. Unfortunately, the healthcare industry is not as heavily digitized or digitalized. The processes, the the documents are still non-digital and the processes are still non-digital. And so the impact, I think, is still to be seen, the fast impact of all that sort of stuff. So really, you know, this is just an example. And, And the same sort of stuff is happening all across the board in the governments too. And one thing I do want to highlight real quick here on sort of governments is that we are moving to a much more remote and sort of disconnected government experience, especially here in the United States. One of those things is actually elections, which is a really hot topic this year because it is an election cycle here in the United <laughs> States know, as of the course. recording of this podcast. You may be listening to this podcast in 2021 or 2022, but in 2020, this is a hot election cycle and we're moving to mail-in ballots. And this idea of mail-in ballots is actually about digitization and digitalization. That's exactly what it's all about, right? Yeah. So for many years, we've had mail-in ballots, but for the most part, people hadn't used them. You know, if you live close to your polling station, you go and you vote in person and it's a right that you have as a citizen to vote and the hours are pretty convenient so you can do it around your work schedule. But now, like Ron said, we've started to see a lot of polling stations aren't open because of social distancing and remote workforce. And so we've switched to a mail-in ballot system. 
And when you have that, you need to make sure that obviously you're doing this correctly because nobody wants there to be an issue with voting. I mean, that would be terrible. And I think people would really lose trust in the system in general. So we've started to see state and local governments increasingly implement this mail-in ballot system to deal with changes related to the global pandemic and how they've started to digitize this. So the state of Washington actually worked with a vendor to accelerate the digitization of their mail-in ballots and the processing results. Because as you can imagine, I'm sure there was how many people of voting age in the state of Washington were sending in mail-in ballots. It can just be incredibly overwhelming. You cannot do that with people. It will really slow things down Mm -hmm. and it will take quite some time. So if you start digitizing this, then you can start increasing results and take out invalid or otherwise inaccurate results fairly quickly. So these systems also are using AI. So they have AI-enabled computer vision technology as well as real-time ballot auditing so that they're able to run double checks on the system and make sure that it's accurate. Yeah. So that's actually brings us to, I think, sort of like the concluding point here, because this this podcast is AI today. It's not digitalization and digitization today. (laughs) And so how is this relevant? The answer is it's incredibly relevant. We just talked about the fact that, you know, part of this is just just getting data into a format we can do any sort of intelligence with, you know, whether it's recognition or pattern matching or fraud detection, which, by the way, is a form of pattern matching, right? Patterns and anomalies or doing things like predictive analytics, any of the sort of stuff that we need to do. We got to have the data. You got to have the bits, no bits, no AI. So we like to always talk about AI in form of levels. You know, everything's about levels. And you can think of digitization, the, the act of capture. We talked about one way of thinking about digitization is capture, capturing non-digital inter- information into a digital format. As you can think of it, it's like level zero or the first level of content intelligence, which is that if you want to extract intelligence from content of any kind, documents, blah, 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 the first thing you got to do, level zero, digitize, right? Now we have other things we can do. So if if you followed our track on content intelligence, you know, level one is classification and extraction and learning. Great. I got the stuff. Let's extract it. That's the OCR plus plus. Let's get the entities out. Let's find out, you know, there's somebody filled in the name field. Okay. What's, you know, (laughs) figure that out, right? Level two. Now that I've extracted this stuff, I can do more. I can basically apply natural language processing. I can actually try to understand it. Oh, say, great. They filled out a patient system and they filled out the prior, whatever their symptoms. Can I use NLP? to basically do already some sort of pre-diagnostic. Can I do something? Like, oh, they filled it out. They're having some problems. And then, of course, level three, this top level of content intelligence is understanding the meaning of this document. What is this about? Oh, they felt, you know, they're asking for payment. Can I basically automatically kick off a process? Can I basically connect multiple documents together? Like I have a mortgage application. Can I automatically connect all the things together? I don't need a human to figure out that this check is related to this policy. It's related to this thing, to that thing that the system can feed. That's level three. That's where you would want to go. But in order to get to level three, you got to start with level zero. So digitize first. And you can think of digitalization as sort of the first step on process intelligence. So we talked a lot about this before, right? Process automation, just automating a process does not make it intelligent. But it's like digitizing. We're going to digitize the process, capture the process, put it into a computer recognizable format, and then we can do these higher things. Be context aware, automatically figure out the process exceptions, automatically figure out how to deal with the flow, figure out, find missing data, automatically fix the missing data, automatically document the process. And of course, the ultimate, have the system figure out for itself how to run and flow and manage this process, because maybe every person is different. And so you shouldn't just have one hard-coded process. Maybe the system can create for itself 20, 30, 40, 50,000 processes 
but the machine is doing all that work. See, this is kind of where we go from digitization and digitalization to the vision of making these systems much more intelligent. Exactly. And like Ron said, you know, we do like talking about this in levels and also because that's a great way to show that it's a journey, you know, and it's not an all or nothing approach. And we always say that because don't think that just because, you know, you're not here yet doesn't mean you'll never be able to get there. And if you're not even able to achieve, you know, the ultimate goal, it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of useful steps that you can achieve along the way. So as Ron mentioned, this is a journey and that it does, at first, you may not think that it relates to AI, but it does. There's an incredible, not overlap, but you know, there's just an incredible step that needs to be done. And so this is the first step of that in order to get to your AI goal. So if you'd like to learn more about the report and dig deeper into anything, we encourage you to check it out for all of our subscribing clients. It's free. So please download a copy and we can schedule some time to discuss this further if you'd like. And if you're not a subscribing client, we encourage you to check out our COG access or you can purchase the report individually. Mm-hmm. So Listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And as always, we'd like it if you could rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And also make sure to check out our website. So it's cognolytica.com, C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. You can see this report there for purchase, and you can also learn more about COG access as well. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.